Greetings and welcome to the Hillcrest Duo, episode number 27. We are taping this episode live in the city of Crest Hill, Illinois on Saturday, March the 26th, 2016. Easter's tomorrow. Happy Easter, Brad. Happy Easter, Metal. How you doing? I'm great. I am Metal John, and you can follow me on Twitter at Metal John Radio. That's Brad Risto. He is at Outsider Brad on the Twitter machine, as he likes to put it. Yes, I am. And uh, this is a big weekend. Batman versus Superman opened this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw it. We actually saw it together. We had a mandate. And, yes, uh, we did. I saw it a second time, so I've already got two viewings under my belt. I saw it on back-to-back nights. We're going to do a full recap of that. We're going to talk about our likes. You thought you were going to have a third viewing, but... Yeah, that's... Uh, well, we won't even talk about that. <laughs> we're going to talk about our likes. We're going to talk about our dislikes. And I've got a ton of Easter eggs. Oh, I've how- got... Awesome Easter eggs. We're going to talk Easter eggs. This is going to be full-on spoilers with Batman versus Superman. And it's all coming up. Before we get to it, a couple little things to check in on. First of all, last weekend in Chicago was C2E2. Mm -hmm. And Brad Risto was uh, representing the Hillcrest duo at C2E2 all weekend. How was it? It was great. I mean, I always enjoy going to C2E2. One of my favorite things always to do at comic book conventions is just sit back, find a place, and watch people as they file in and just see their costumes as they do cosplays. Oh, people watching is is, is great. I and mean, you don't even really need a pass to no. people watch. You could just go hang out by the entrance, and that's place. where everybody hangs out. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people that show up in costume and just hang out by the by in the lobby mm-hmm. and don't even step foot in the in the convention. Although, although I they do that say, at Wizard World, too. Although I will say this year was a little more entertaining because when the, at the um, show first opened, they didn't have the main archway open, so you would see people go up to it and get all fatutsed when they couldn't get in that way. I saw one guy, he was a VIP, he just kept pointing to it saying, but I'm a VIP, and he just kept pointing, but he couldn't go in that gate because they were trying to cycle us around. That was only for the exhibitors at the time. But oh. just watching people get um, uh, verklempt about it was fun. But A couple main... quick questions for you. Yeah. Um, what did you buy? I bought... A um, uh, caricature of myself as Spider-Man, because they had character artists there that would um, do a character. Okay, so review. I got that. Somebody did that for you for free. Ten bucks. You paid for that? Yeah, I get to be Spider-Man. That's awesome. For Spider, yeah. Somebody would have to pay me to do a character of me as Spider-Man. But go well, ahead. You could, you could have been Batman too. I mean, I, I would pay for that. You you could have done that from. I would colors. pay for that. And you could have um, had um, uh, said, like, okay, I want to be Batman, and I want to have Spider-Man in one arm and Superman in the other. Ooh. And that's what you could have done. But um, I bought that, and I bought some uh, uh, hardcover trade – well, some hardcover um, uh, uh, books of um, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, including one that technically isn't, hasn't been released yet because they are um, a consortium of all the issues released by the IDW in their current run. And one of them isn't released actually until Tuesday, technically on the 29th. But for whatever reason, this um, comic book shop, because there's a whole bunch of them there, already had it. I also played um, Wild Gunman because they had um, a, a whole video game section set up now. And they had a bunch of old NESs. So I played Wild Gunman and I played Super Mario Brothers 3. But right. my main reason I was there, the main reason I really wanted to go there on Saturday was for the Supergirl panel. That was probably the highlight of the whole weekend, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, as they said, it was uh, Melissa, and I kid you not, this was what was said by the interviewer when it first started. You're b- b- busting your cherry here today, aren't you? That was what they she literally said. 
Oh, it was a, it was a female moderator. Yes, a female moderator asked her, "You're missing your cherry today, um, as a, on a pillow, aren't you?" And Melissa just cracked up. Oh, she's so hot. <laughs> yes, she is. And it was a fun panel. It was um, mainly a, a fan fawning one. Uh, once it got to the fan one, there were some interesting questions from the um, uh, uh, interviewer, but because it was just the um, uh, stars and no um, uh, production and no directors, they obviously were c- trying to be kind of guarded about what's coming up. They didn't want to give any, ways, any spoilers away. What could have been fun is if um, uh, the Supergirl um, uh, season two hadn't been announced, if they had been able to announce that there. Yeah. I mean, they've had some news on that, and, and we'll have more of that coming up. Or this this podcast here, we're going to take kind of a backseat to our normal TV show yes. talk, um, you know. But we'll we'll get after that uh, next week. Two things, a couple. Of qui- what? First of all, let me ask you. I it, regarding the Supergirl panel. Yeah. I have a panel pet peeve. Yes. And I'm curious to know if this happened because yeah. it seems to happen at every panel I go to. Right. That features. A celebrity, like a big name celebrity. I'm not right, talking right. about like the horror movie panels I go to, or it's a lot of really approachable people. Anyways, did anybody drop my most hated question at panels? And my most hated question is, all right, here we go. You ready? Yeah. I'm an aspiring filmmaker, and I want to know uh, what kind of advice you have for me. None. No questions like oh, that. Oh, thank God. It was nothing like that. It was all on my You got to agree with me there. Oh, Don't yes. you hate that question? Oh, yeah. I mean, nothing. Somebody asked that at the Dark Knight panel I was at, which was really hard to get into at Wizard World in Chicago. Somebody asked Christopher Nolan that question, the- and I was like, you waited in line to ask that? The um, only question um, that we got similar to that was, what was their first role? What got them started in acting? Uh, By the way, Melissa. Well, she started on Glee, right? No, her first role was um, in a church play where she was a lamb. Okay. <laughs> but yes, that's where she um, got her first big break. It was their first. first she met her role. husband on that show, too. Her first first big break. But by the way, um, there were two things that um, uh, were kind of interesting. First of all, Kyler said. She wants to be at least this DC Universe's version of Batgirl. She could pull it off with the DEO's help. They've got yep. all sorts of gadgets. I like that. That's good. Um, and and this is going to um, probably uh, annoy us all over the course of the um, summer. Lots of cliffhangers, and uh, the season finale is just um, out crazy, but lots of cliffhangers, apparently. Oh, well, all right. And it's like, well, crap. That's great. And I know uh, you tweeted out some photos at Outsider Brad. Yes, I had a. So uh, if you want to check out some photos, check out Brad's Twitter account. I was live tweeting throughout the entire thing. You were that guy. Yes. Well, I'm a journalist. It's my job. Uh, my last C2E2 question for you, Brad. You yes, ready? Yes. Coolest costume you saw. What was it? I think it had to be the guy who um, was dressed as an X Wing pilot and he had like a cardboard X Wing around him. Just walked around with it. I mean, it wasn't obviously the size, but still, you know, sort of like how you'd see um someone um riding a horse, have one of those horse costumes where it looks like they're riding a horse, like that. Oh, but, that's but I just, awesome! I just thought it was kind of neat. I mean, there were a bunch of Harley Quinns, but oh. there, I I know, I know. Mm. All right. And by the way, we, Tell we, me have, more. Dis- we have decided we're going to try and go as um a co- cosplay next year, or to a, maybe to Wizard World. Hush, hush um, on the cosplay. Yes, yes, we'll get, keep it a secret. But if we do, um, uh, we, um, I'm just gonna say metal. Um, uh, per- perfectly fits into his. I probably don't, but as long as we are together, it'll work out. All right. Well, I didn't 
have as great of a weekend as you did at C2E2. However, I did catch up on some Netflix. Um, going through House of Cards and uh, almost done with that. Then I'm going to start Daredevil vs. Punisher. But I did watch a really cool movie called Knock Knock. I want to tell you about Brad. It's on yeah. Netflix. It's directed by Eli Roth. Keanu Reeves plays a husband. He's home alone for the weekend while his family's out of town. Oh. And two girls come knocking on his door during a rainstorm. They're lost. They can't find a party. They're dressed like they're going to a party. And uh, and he lets them in to use his computer to find the address for this party. And it ends they up being... They didn't have cell phones. <laughs> uh, well, they did have cell phones, but they were all wet because it was raining. Oh. Um, but it ends up being what some guys would call the greatest night of his life. And what some guys would call being a horrible night of his life. Basically, these two girls, um, they, uh, they, I don't even want to say take advantage of him, you know, but they hook up with them. He has a threesome with them. Mm. And then it just leads to a lot of chaotic stuff like tying up and, 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 <laughs> and terrorizing the house. Terrorize, he can't get the girls to leave the house. So either- and it becomes like a nightmare situation with these two bubbly, smoking hot chicks. Brad, you got to watch that movie. It's awesome. It's mm. kind of like, uh, it's kind of—I don't even know what to compare it to because it's—it's it's borderline. Is this like a fantasy, like Fifty Shades of Grey thing, or is this like, you know, there was that movie with Macaulay Culkin, or, or like The Ref or something? You Home know? Alone? Or, no, I'm talking about the one where he was, um, where he he kidnapped somebody. I, I forgot know. the name of that movie, but um, I don't know. I know. I get anyways, you. it's a it's a good movie. It's not a horror movie. It's not a suspenseful movie. It's very entertaining. It's short. Check it out. It's called Knock Knock. Uh, that's on Netflix now. But um, it, it sounds it sounds very very interesting. And oh, I guess it, are so hot. Though. I guess it either ends. They can knock on my door anytime in a rainstorm, and I'm well. Them in. You don't have the problem that Ken Reeves' character had, where he was married, yeah. and um, was expecting the the wife and kids home any second. Yep. You gotta go. You're gonna be <laughs> here any second. Oh. So great. Okay. Oh, so great. There's... All right. So Batman versus Superman is finally here. We've been talking about it since this podcast first launched last summer. It's finally here. We saw it Thursday night, 6 p.m. Yes. The 6 p.m. midnight shout out. show. I'll, I'll give a shout out to AMC Lowe's Woodridge, which is where we saw it. Then I saw it again last night at the Marcus in Orland Park. I do have to say I love this idea of a 6 p.m. midnight showing. Yeah, well, they've kind of gotten rid of like midnight movies now. It's just let's start them at six p.m., seven p.m., where we can sell more tickets because less and less people are going to midnight movies now. I don't know why, but I used to go to midnight movies all the time. I've only done midnight things twice in my life, and that was for the release of Halo Two and Grand Theft Auto Five, and that's both when I was in college. Both of those were when I was in college. All right, so we've got a lot to cover with Batman versus Superman again. Full spoilers warning. Yes. We will spoil this movie. We will have Easter eggs for you. That's coming up at the end of our reviews. Um, we're going to talk about our dislikes, but before we get to the dislikes, let's talk about our likes. Let's talk about the things about this movie that really stood out that we really liked. Uh, Brad, I'll let you name off a couple first, and okay, then I'll well, go. First off, first off, Ben Affleck is Batman. He... Nailed it. I mean, Batman was a fun, but as Bruce Wayne, he was even better. I, I'm with the, I'm 100 on board with you there. I thought Affleck killed it. I thought he knocked it out of the park, and he kind of adding to what you say. I think he 
gave himself a, a new Batman identity where he mm-hmm. wasn't copying another Batman. Nope. He wasn't trying to be another Bruce Wayne or or he was being he was old he Bruce was his Wayne. own. He was his own Bruce Wayne. Yes. He was his own Batman. He could have done the Playboy, you know, uh James Bond type, you know, dialogue mm-hmm. that, you know, Christian Bale had or that Michael Keaton had. Um, but he didn't. He you know, he was himself. More, he was a businessman. Yeah. More of the comic comic relief, even though there wasn't a whole lot in this movie. Yes. Most of it came from Alfred. Yes. Which I'll piggyback off what you just said and say, Jeremy Irons, great Alfred. Yes. Oh, you know what? Speaking about Alfred, speaking about things I like, before this movie, there are trailers. Before every movie, there are trailers. For this one, there's a trailer for the Batman Lego movie. And the one that we saw had a particular Lego Batman trailer with Alfred in it, and it, I haven't been able to find it online since, but I, apparently you told me there's about four of them. I guess there's a couple of different Lego Batman But trailers. the one we saw had to be the best one because it's Alfred on the bemoaning like, oh, great, you're brooding again. Just like in 2016, 2011, 2008, and uh, just listing them off, and my fav- last one, favorite one, and that really weird time in 1966. Yeah. That, I, that was a great trailer. Great. It made I, me want to see it because it's like, Okay, this isn't just going to be a kids movie, it looks like. It's going to be more than that. Yeah, I mean, a couple of the other teasers that out for that Lego Batman movie is pretty cool. Great, because not only are we watching a Batman movie, but that we've got another Batman movie to look forward to that's oh, yeah, uh, so- coming out. So excited about that. But yeah, just uh, so Ben Affleck, Jeremy Irons. I, uh, ben, great- Affleck, um, uh, ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne working as a detective, I thought worked really well as he worked up his plan to take on Superman. I thought that was a really, really great I didn't even need that um, driving scene where he um, actually hunted down the kryptonite. I thought I actually was not completely impressed with that, but that's um, a, a point for later on. But I just thought the work he did at trying to set up for his battle with Superman was great. Once again, I have nothing but props for Batman. And as we um, are going to begin transitioning soon to issues, I really, really hope he gets to um, direct his own Batman movie. That much I will say. Yeah, I mean... Uh- Sort of going off that, I mean, another thing I, I really liked, I I thought the movie had that gray feel to it, and I really liked it. It kind of separated itself from the goth look from Tim Burton and and the Nolan realistic look. This was like, like had that gray tone to it. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, you know, very almost like graphic novelish. I know this movie's been compared, you know, hey, this is going to be the Dark Knight Returns storyline. Right. And and it's got that feel to it. It's got that look to it. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, Zack Snyder always can be visually stunning. I will give him that. I mean, some of the writing, I know we're going to get into our dislike soon, but uh, on some of the writing side, uh, 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 one thing that I really liked, and I'm kind of glad that they put this scene in there, is at Lex Luthor's party scene, where Alfred is talking to Bruce Wayne, and Clark can hear him. Yes, that was nice. I thought that I was it. badass. That was brilliant. I, that was like some of the best writing because you know what's funny is they could easily put that as a plot hole where Bruce Wayne's doing this and Clark's not paying attention to anything. You well, know? it wouldn't have been really a plot hole, but he, it was something he should have heard. And returning to things I like, Gail Gadda is Wonder Woman. She was awesome. She yeah. stole the show to me. I mean, yeah. she only apparently she only Wonder Woman only has seven minutes of total screen time. Every second of it is pure dynamite. Yeah, I I agree. And uh, we saw, obviously, appearances from The Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg. I got to say that the way they inserted those appearances into the movie was a really smart move. 
because if you actually put them in with scenes, like I, the whole time I'm thinking Aquaman's going to have a scene in this movie. Right. But instead, because of time and so much material in this movie, they they kind of just put it in this quick little video clip, cool music score playing underneath. Yes, that was you nice. got to see all three like quick cameos and then boom, back to like the movie. And I thought that was well done. My fi- I guess that brings me to my final um, uh, thing I really, really liked, and that was the score. I thought um, it um, uh, helped the st- story move along, and I think it helped the movie a lot, especially, once again, as we would say this, the final fight scene, which is also my one of my favorites, the f- actual fight scene between Batman versus Superman. I agree. That was going to be my last point as well. So uh, that fight scene between the two of them, a lot of, lot of punches. Yes. I mean... It was brutal. and it was a one on one. It was a one on one fight, fight, and that's what was great about it. I suppose I can throw in um, a Batman going to save um, uh, Mrs. Kent was also a fun one. Uh, once again, him fighting, but I also yeah, have him some doing issues. Batman stuff. You and, know, but I have some issues with I mean, that scene too. But well, that, that that one's a bit of a paradox. Well, what about Batman's introduction? Which, when you think about Batman's introduction, it's that scene at that abandoned house where the police come in, yeah. and all those girls are in the basement. They're like, "The devil saved us." You know, and then he's perched up on the wall there, and it's just that quick flash, couple gunshots, and he's out the door. I mean, that was probably one of the best scenes in the whole movie. Yes. That I think by the time the end of the movie comes around, you almost sort of forget about it. And in my second viewing, I think I kind of got goosebumps when like that scene approached. You know, the cop car comes speeding up to the house. I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be a badass scene again. I I mean, I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Really I- well done, but. Obviously, we do have issues with the movie, and uh, we'll go over some of our issues, and then after the issues, we'll kind of give an overall, how do you feel about the movie? And then we're going to get into Easter eggs. I'm excited about the Easter eggs, Brad. There's a lot of them. It is. It's It's Easter Easter tomorrow. I know. It's perfect. All right. We're jumping um, up and down now. Stop it. I like to jump (laughs) up and down. I'm active, but I think I guess I'll open up with things I didn't like, and the first, well, hour and 45 minutes are slow. It takes forever to actually get to the fight between Batman and Superman, this whole thing that you're pinning the movie on. And I also have an issue with that, but once again, it's just a very slow beginning movie. And I, it, it takes some time to get into it. I mean, there aren't that many great fight scenes in the first hour and 45 minutes. You have basically, and I'm trying to remember the fight scenes, there's the um, Batman scene we just talked about. I wouldn't even really consider that a fight scene. You had Superman punch a guy through a wall. The really, really quick sequence, dream sequence with Batman using a gun. And then you had the um, a car chase scene, which I was not thrilled with. You didn't have much action action in the first one hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree there because, I mean, I feel like, I feel like the dream sequence is a little... Cheaty? Like too much. I mean, how many times do we got to see the pearls hitting the ground? Yes. I feel like we saw it. We saw it once in the beginning. The opening montage, I, I didn't really have a problem with. Where there was the voiceover, it was really quick, and it was done. It was over with. We saw the parents get shot. We saw the pearls hit the ground. But then we kept getting these dream times? sequences. Yes. We kept getting them. And really, for a two and a half hour movie, you don't want to fill it with too much of right. repetitive I stuff. That, and they did. Well, I guess that's really the problem. I feel this movie was too long, and this is going to seem what paradoxical in a couple of minutes when I say another problem I have with it, but I felt this movie was just too long. It could have probably been cut by 30 to 
45 minutes and gotten everything across. All right. Let's let's talk about I got a couple bullet points on this character. Okay, go ahead. And uh and I'm sure because it wasn't part of your likes, I'm assuming it's you're agreeing with me on the dislikes. Jesse Eisenberg is Lex. Chewed the scenery. Over the top and annoying. I've got a lot of issues with him, and and we're, we'll kind of get into some of those. First of all, I'm not a fan of his Joker-inspired version of Lex Luthor, yes. and that's exactly what he was. Yes. It was an over-the-top. It was too over-the-top. He's not, Lex Luthor is a solemn, dignified guy. He yeah. wears a suit. He walks around with his arms behind his back and his chest out. I mean, th- when I think of Lex Luthor, He's and, a straight and, and man. You, could, you could crucify me for this, but when I think of Lex Luthor, I think Kevin Spacey's portrayal of Lex Luthor in Superman Returns was what I think of Lex Luthor. He's a straight man. He, he's not over the top. His lines are almost cutting. like almost James Bond villainous. He's mu- where, where he's clean cut, polite, dressed mm-hmm. but evil. Yes, and when he makes a joke, it's clean cut and it's just a straight line and it's cutting. Yeah, because in the second viewing, I noticed this right before. The courthouse bomb went off, and Lex, Senate. the Senate, yeah. Um, when he is talking to Senator Finch before she goes in there, he's standing outside the doors and he's talking to her. He makes a he says a line which I, I I'm not going to quote it word for word, but he says a line along the lines paraphrasing. of paraphrasing. You let uh, your security will let any seat come through. And then he also says, as she walks in, he goes, oh, you're on the hot seat right now. So he dropped two hints yeah. that something was going to happen, which was very Joker Riddle-ish, yes. you know? And, and you know, even though I thought it was kind of cool foreshadow, it still bothered me no, a little bit because w- I'm like, that's not Lex Luthor. I mean, I realize part of it is probably the hair. Lex shouldn't have hair. But still, it's just I did not like his performance. I thought it was over the top, and I yeah. thought it was campy and – Okay. Here and the whole up. time I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, this is basically, he's basically playing a goofy Mark Zuckerberg, yes. you know? I mean, because <laughs> you're so used to him from the Facebook movie, he's just playing that same character, but with like a little goofy. Yes. And, and more evil. Yeah. But um, another like, spe- issue. I mean, I, I, I'm going to keep going with Lex here. Well, no, uh, I'm staying on Lex. Okay. Uh, my Another issue I do have with Lex is for two years, he knew the identity of both Superman and Batman. He knew the identity of Batman that he was able to cut off Bruce's um, checks to the guy who got crippled by a Superman. Well, got his legs cut off. He knew that much to be able to manipulate it, but he, and he never went to the newspaper and said, hey, you want a scoop? Clark Kent, he's Superman. And that playboy, um, uh, Bruce Wayne, he's Batman. He's been sitting on this for 18 months at least. Yeah, that's... I. Uh, and you never find out how he found out who they are. So he keeps that very close to him and doesn't reveal it. Right. But that's a huge plot hole to me, how he figured both those out. What about him killing Mercy Graves? She was like his right-hand man. Not only, okay, I got a crush on her. I think she's hot. Great little Asian girl. But at the end of the day, that's that's his Elford. Yes, and he just. Well. Hey, go go save my seat. He's Boom. willing to sacrifice her to um uh, get what he wants, which is Superman defeated. Which brings me to another point about Lex. And this is what pisses me off the most about Lex. And I thought maybe I missed something in the first viewing, but I didn't. The scene when they're at Lex Luthor Corp. 
Mm-hmm. Lex Corp. Lex Corp. And the Senator Finch is there along with the other guy. CIA guy. The CIA guy. Uh, he's ta- he's talking to them about kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Finch leaves. That guy stays. And then out of nowhere, a conversation starts where he says, we can help each other out. What do you want? Lex says, I want Zod's body. I want the ship. The guy says, done and done. But what did Lex give him in return? I have no... Well, the, there the was, there, that, That's a huge plot. Lex yeah. does not give him anything in return, but yet gets two very, very classified things. That, I, I, after the well, first viewing, I was scratching my head. Then I'm like, maybe I missed something. In that conversation, I didn't miss nothing. It just well, cuts the, right to I it. I have another problem now with Lex. I just thought of this. In the comics, his beef with Superman is he's always stopping his criminal enterprises. And this one is just legitimately, and I'm going to um, uh, give um, uh, the writer credit for this, Lex um, uh, 100% believes Superman can go evil at any time. He um, believes the same thing Batman does, that there's a, no, there's a chance Superman can go evil, so he has to be destroyed. And he honestly believes that. that this, this isn't about him trying to stop Superman from stopping his um, criminal empire. This is just him thinking he's doing right. We have long and long uh, harped on you have to um, uh, believe that this um, uh, villain thinks he's right. In this case, he does, but it doesn't work for the plot. I, I agree because, like you said, he knows the identity of Batman. He knows the identity of Superman. He can get rid of Superman he at figures, any time. He figures out how he can kill Superman but yet he doesn't even try to approach Batman with, hey, no, he if we left- use kryptonite, we can kill him. He doesn't do anything like that. He try he pins the two characters against each other mm-hmm. for almost no reason, knowing, knowing without the existence of kryptonite, Superman would kill Batman in a heartbeat. Well, he so probably- does Lex really want Batman dead or does he want Superman dead? Oh, probably we can say in this fight scene, if Su- uh, Superman wanted to kill Batman, all he had to do was um, uh, when he um, uh, flies to where the um, uh, bat signal is, one laser eye blast to his head, dead. Yeah. But um, let's um, talk about the battle between Batman and Superman. The whole movie had it, uh, the, all the trailers had it billed as Superman's ideals. I'm um, uh, say Batman's a vigilante, a dangerous vigilante, um, beating people up uh, with, outside on um, the scope of the law. Batman saying, well, he can't be trusted because he's an alien. He'll go evil at any one time. Batman keeps his um, uh, beliefs that Superman could go evil at any time and needs to be defeated. But the only reason Superman fights Batman is because like, he took his mom. It's not about him fighting for what he believes in. It's to save his mom. That's that's We talked in our likes about how that Batman versus Superman one-on-one fight was really good. The second, Motivation. The is second a- time I watched the movie, it bothered me even more. The end of that fight where Batman's got his foot on Superman's neck Superman's screaming Martha, and and it, and it triggers that that you know Memory. Batman's like, wait, wait, why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? And then, and then and then Amy Adams comes running in, Lois Lane, and is like, hey, uh, that's his mom's name. Oh, here, let me help you up. What do you need me to do? Really? After after trying to like stop Puffer this st- guy, having him on his deathbed, he says the name Martha, and it triggers you to like sympathize with him. Exactly. And and, and, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden you want to help him out. Let's be buddies here. Let's team up. I'll hey Super I'll tell Friends you what, Assemble. You go to Lex, I'll go get Martha. I mean Really? Exactly. I know it. I mean and, fight- and this is after 18 months of Batman 
like having a hatred for him and like oh it, and you it, know what you can say I mean but that, see that's a lot of this goes into the Zack Zack Snyder and how he puts his movies together okay, where yes. he wants to show you a lot of cool stuff but he doesn't want to put a bunch of story in there yes and he just and wants that, to hurry up and get to the next thing okay. even though it doesn't make sense okay and that's where it comes in again I told you that this movie could have been cut by about forty five minutes and it would have been fine here's the thing if they had um properly um uh, paced it and uh. They had proper storytelling. This could have been two or three movies. You could have done what Marvel did, and which is um, probably this movie's biggest detriment is instead of building up to having this big superhero um, team up movie, they just did a Man of Steel and then boom, let's do it. They could have done a Batman movie where he's taking on, I don't know, let's say the, the Joker just for the heck of it. And in the side of that movie, he's working on his plan to take out Superman. Could have done a Wonder Woman movie. I don't know what it would have been about, but it would have been her hunting, also her hunting down Lex. And then maybe you could have even done the Superman sequel, the Man of Steel sequel. And then you could have done this movie. But they wanted to jump right into the um, superhero team up movie, and you just come away thinking like, wow, they didn't really work for this. I mean, yep. if they had um, uh, made this movie and uh, Man of Steel before Marvel started doing what they did, no one would have questioned it and said, oh, that was great. But because Marvel worked so hard to make it a uh, worthwhile, this one just fell flat. Yeah. Uh, speaking of plot holes, too, another one I have an issue with that I I picked up on the first time, had to give it a second viewing, and it still made no sense to me. The chase scene: Batman's chasing down the crate with the kryptonite yes. in it. Out of nowhere, Superman is standing on this in Batman's path. Yes. He, for no reason, stops Batman and tells him, you know, don't go to your light anymore. You're done. Did Superman have any idea what Batman was doing at that moment? He was chasing down a a crate full of kryptonite. I mean, and Superman stopped him from from doing that. I mean, for no reason. I know. There was no motivation. It was almost like he was just flying around. He's like, oh, look, there's the Batmobile chasing some thugs. I'm going to stop him. I'm gonna. You know, there was always like gonna, a there's there was a big plot hole there. I'm like, yeah. why did he stop him? What was his motivation to stop him? Well, I'm gonna let the thugs get away, but I guess I have two more things before we um I wrap up at least what I didn't like. One of them is um Batman kills a lot of people in this movie, not in just his dream sequence. He kills about I think about eight people, if I had my count right, for real, because he kills like three people in um uh, that aforementioned chase. And then about five people in a, um, a fight scene to save Martha, including the guy with the flamethrower on. He that one's definitely dead. Um, we could talk more about that. I, I but, you know what? Real, go ahead, finish your point. But um, uh, finally, the only reason um, uh, Batman was able to find the kryptonite was out of pure luck because the tracker he put on just so happened to be on the part of the um truck that didn't get exploded because yeah. the truck got exploded. But oh, this your tracker. Well, luckily it was on the one um, uh, And nobody saw inch. it. Nobody saw no it one flashing. Sh- <laughs> no one saw it flashing, and it um, uh, just barely survived. I mean, if he had um, shot it an inch up, it's um, uh, three miles back um, uh, after he um, uh, attacked the truck. Oh, nuts. Yeah, I mean, where, where I could maybe defend a little bit of the Batman killing people thing, um, obviously in the given situations where he's under a lot of gunfire, um, you know, there's going to be some fatalities. Why they're not? Why? Why they're in a circle around Batman shooting and not killing each other baffles me. Good. They have great aim. <laughs> They've got great aim, but they're not. They're not hitting Batman. Well, they don't. They're trying to miss. 
but but I I mean, given the fact that Batman's been established for twenty years, I I I the way I read him killing people and why I'm okay with it is the fact that he you know he's a little burnt out. He's sick of these. He doesn't people. kill. He, and he Batman. even made a comment in there that you know you pull one weed, another one grows. I, it almost to me was more of like a frustration thing. Um, but we can um, we would do, could debate this forever and ever. Yeah, and ever. exactly. I'm, you know, I'm I agree though. Batman shouldn't kill. Yeah. And if they had a way to write this movie where he doesn't kill, I would have been in favor of it and supportive of it a hundred percent. But given the situations of this particular movie and the scenes that he was in where he did kill. I, am I, I guess the, there was some justification for it. I am letting the dream sequence Batman go, although him having a gun I thought was kind of odd. All right, let's go back. We were talking about probably what I would consider the biggest villain in the whole movie, which was Colin Movie's character, uh, Knaisoff, uh, the the Russian uh, kidnapper yeah. assassin guy yeah. who in the comic book world becomes KJ Beast. Mm-hmm. He's in this movie a lot, and he's got that scene where he's got the flamethrower. And we all could, it, it, it's presumed that he's dead. I don't know how you, well, he's, However, he's badly burned. He, it's assumed he's dead. However, I was talking about this last night and thinking about it. I was like, it makes me mad that they would kill him. But KJB's kind of has that, you know, suit that he wears. Yes. So if he's really badly burned, they could definitely bring him back and introduce Bingo. him as KJ Beast, which would be awesome. Yep. However, they could also do the same thing they did with Mercy Graves. Just, nope, this is a character from the comics. This is a character people know. We're just going to kill her and move on. Okay. I However, s- uh, no, go ahead. I suppose I have one more um, uh, gripe, and that's the last battle with um, Doomsday. As great as the battle between uh, um, Superman and Batman was, as fun as that was, that just becomes a cluster, and it goes insane. And I have to say, my fav- some of my favorite lines, though, Luckily, um, uh, downtown Gotham is um, uh, completely empty because it's after 5 p.m. Three times they said a line like that. Luckily, it's empty in downtown um, Metropolis. Sorry. Yeah. That made me laugh. I'm like, oh, I guess the entire city closes after 5. It's like that in Chicago. I know. After sh- after 5 o'clock, it's a ghost town in the loop. Well, if you're on Michigan Avenue, though. Oh, if you're by the shops, that's a different story. That's yes. that's the Magnificent Mile. But I'm talking about Sears Tower. Yes. Sure, you could probably still go up at the Sky Deck after 5 o'clock, but the Starbucks across the street's closed. Yep. 7-Eleven across the street. Yep. Everything's closed. Yeah. All the restaurants are closed. Everything's closed. It's a ghost town. Well, I, I've been downtown. I've stayed downtown um, uh, during uh, weekdays, and um, I remember being shocked, like, okay, I'm yeah. going to go out and get some coffee at 6.30. Holy crap, there's no one down here. <laughs> Let me throw some questions out for you on the issue side. Um, disappointed or don't care that there was really no mention of Arkham or Jim Gordon? Or even we saw the Robin suit, but we didn't even get a- any mention of him. No, you know that not having any. Did that ver- bother you at all, or you don't it care? Kind of, it, it, I didn't bother me until you brought it up. But so no, it didn't bother me. Okay, all right. My final gripe with the movie: my scene was cut. Yes, my you, scene was cut. What you people may not know is Metal John was an extra for sh- shooting, and they cut him. With the biggest villain in the movie. Yeah. With Knaisoff, I was well, standing right next to him. You would have been seen. And and uh, as we were getting ready for the scene, I was standing right next to him, and then they moved me to another part. But yeah, there was a there was a scene in the movie that didn't make the cut. We'll see if it's in the R-rated cut, but basically he kills it, a girl. It'll that's, be on, that's all I'm going to say. He killed be, the girl in the scene I was in. It'll be on the DVD. No, Well, Blu-ray. Why am I saying DVD? 
Yeah. Okay, but um, but let's get into uh, so overall, what do you, what do you, what do you say, overall, Brad? Overall, um, you know what? People have been savaging this movie. You go to Rotten Tomatoes, it's down at like thirty one percent, I think, as of this morning when I checked. Yeah. By the way, um, Pat Tomsola from uh, WGN, he mm-hmm. tweeted this morning. I just retweeted it before we started our podcast. Yeah. He showed a screenshot of Superman Returns on Rotten Tomatoes, seventy nine percent. So he goes, "This is where critics stand." Just so yes. you know. Um, so it's they down love at, Superman Returns, but they hate Batman versus Superman. But it's at, down at 31%. Well, I think that's kind of the problem with um, the Rotten to- Tomato aggregate that it says, is it this more positive or more negative? And um, uh, for the um, uh, critics' reviews, it's a, it's only a 50-50 chance. So my guess is if there was more nuance, it'd be somewhere in the middle. But regardless, I'd probably give this movie around a 6.5 to 7. I mean, it's by no means a great movie. But once you get to the final fight scene, at least it's um, uh, you uh, have fun. And well, for me, like I'm like, okay, this isn't going to be about oh 45 minutes. I'm like, okay, this isn't going to be a great movie. So I can start watching it in a different way and say, just um, uh, try and find the fun. You can. It's just you some kind of have to look for it. So I'll give it a solid seven. Yeah, I mean, I I liked it. I mean, I it's hard for me to ha- I hate a Batman movie. I yeah. definitely don't hate this movie. It's not in my top three of Batman movies or anything like that, but it was enjoyable. I actually enjoyed it more the second time just because I was able to like pick up more stuff. You kind of mm-hmm. knew what was well, going to happen. So you got excited for some scenes. You were like, oh, this is going to happen again. And you know, and, and you kind of look for more things. I right. enjoyed it. I don't, I don't hate it. I wouldn't say it's the greatest movie ever, but it, it was good. I mean, I, mean, I can see why. How, how do you compare it to Man of Steel? Better or worse than Man of Steel? I'd say it's better just because I like the team up aspect, but that's me. Okay, I mean this was technically a Batman movie. It really wasn't a Superman movie. No, because it was about Batman trying to um, beat up Superman. Yeah, I mean Lex was a small character who annoyed the shit out of us. Yes. Uh, you know, Superman was portrayed as a villain pretty much, mm-hmm. um, but there was no mention whatsoever of any Batman villains in this movie, which is kind of uh, weird. But when you saw it the second time, like I said, in that one you knew what you were looking for. You were knew, you knew how to look for the best parts of it. Yep. Like I said, in what, about 45 minutes, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start looking for the more fun things. All right, so we're going to go through some Easter eggs, Brad. Oh, yeah. I got a bunch of them. Okay. I got some credits. I'm going to credit Comic Book Movie for pointing out a few. I'm going to credit Movie Plot for pointing out a few. And uh, I also read a lot of user comments and stuff and, and found even more. So, um, by the way, one of the dream sequences, Dark Side, uh, his symbol was uh, shown in that scene where they were in the he was in like the desert. Oh. Uh, that was Dark Side symbol burned into the sand there. The it's called the Omega symbol, which. Right. Uh, but question on that though is all the military guys wearing Superman logos on their uniform. So who knows what's going they on? But that was that was a, everybody's assuming that's a big foreshadow that um, Dark Side's going to be the villain in the Justice League movie. Uh, right. And then right after that dream sequence, he wakes up to the Flash. Yes. Uh, basically talking to him and. Which, which is weird about that, though, is that the Flash was saying, he's quoted as saying, you were right about him. And then he's saying Lois Lane is the key. So why he's saying Lois Lane's a key, you were right about him. That, to me, I was thinking the Flash is telling me he does have to go after Superman. But why would the future, a Flash from the future, tell him he has to go after Superman? So obviously there's some some... Question marks oh, there, yeah. some things for fans to try to think of. Who knows what she could be the key of? Or when he says you were right about him, could he be referring to Lex, maybe? Mm-hmm. Instead of Superman. Who knows? Who knows? But, who knows at this point? I mean, they're obviously laying the groundwork for future movies. Yep. They're but, doing 
Oh, go ahead. They're doing what um, Marvel did in a lot of their movies with little scenes. And more power to them because I hope they get to do it. But right now, I don't think it's in much doubt. But I think um, the next um, DC movie needs to knock it out of the park. Yep. All right. So uh, when Batman is at the Gotham docks and he's mm-hmm. waiting, um, you know, waiting for the for the kryptonite crate. Yeah. Um, he when he pulls out of the he's his Batmobile's hidden like in a warehouse, and when he pulls out, right above the door, Nicholson Trading Company. <laughs> <laughs> nice little nod there to Jack Nicholson. Good old Jack. Yep. Um, also, uh, when Bruce hacks into the Justice League file to discover the photograph of the 1918 Wonder Woman, did you notice the guy next to her in that photo? No. It was Chris Pine. <gasps> cool. Yeah, so. I Oh, can I bring up one more gripe um, that I forgot about? The fact that um, uh, Lex already had their logos cho- chosen for um, the heroes. That kind of annoyed me. Like, okay, they, he already—he's uh, the one who gets to decide their logos. Shouldn't they get to? Yeah, where did that come from? That <laughs> was like, kind of weird. That—that's really, really, really small. I just wanted to mention. Well, that it. tells me that they're already established, yes. but they're just not well known. They're yes. not—they're not a household name like a Batman or a Superman, but they are established in that universe. Okay. That's what that told me. But we could be wrong. Um, so in the very opening, we saw the Zorro poster, which we know from the storyline yes. that that's the, the, the show they go to see, uh, when they leave early. But of course, Zorro is often considered the very first American superhero. Well, yes, he's also, he is considered one of the inspirations for Batman. Yep. And then did you notice there's Wizard of Oz reference? I did uh, not. When, uh, uh, at the newspaper company, Perry White. He's looking for Clark, and he's like, did he just click his heels and go back to Kansas? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, also, Perry White told Clark Kent it's not 1938, which, which by the way— is the way, year that Superman was made. Correct. Way. That one I caught um, right away. Also, in the very beginning, when Lois Lane is kidnapped and she's being held hostage, mm-hmm. her photographer apparently is Jimmy Olsen. Well, so Jim's dead. Jimmy Olsen, he gone. Wow. I thought it would be James. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about spray paint. Okay. Um, you love spray paint. I love me some spray paint. I, I I read some stuff. I was actually, the second viewing, I was trying to look at every piece of spray paint in all the buildings during the Batman versus Superman fight. Um, one that is there, I saw it, but it comes by so quickly it's hard to read it. So you gotta, when it comes on DVD, you got to pause it. But there's a scene where Batman knocks out Superman and he's carrying him over his shoulder. And he goes to throw him like down that yeah. like courtyard area, but he walks past a wall, and on the wall, in spray paint, "Who watches the Watchmen?" Ooh, is written. How about that? Once again, Zack Snyder making reference to um, one of his old works. There's a a very clear question mark on one of the pillars that is very Riddler-ish. Uh, I think I saw that one. Yeah. And then there was another one on. Uh, there's two pillars next to each other. On one pillar, it said J O E Joe with an arrow pointing over, and then on the other pillar, it said K E R. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool. That was another one. Also, apparently, at the very end of the movie, when um. When 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 uh when Superman's being buried, if you listen Superman's very dead. closely, if you listen very closely, you can hear a thump thump, heartbeat thump thump. Oh yeah. So well, I mean, obviously, he, obviously, we can all surmise that Superman's not really going to stay dead. Yeah. By the way, also, by the way, Batman does win the fight. Just so everyone knows, Batman wins. Yeah. Um, because Superman dies. Oh yeah. No, of course. Um, also, during one of the dream sequences, 
I did not even notice this in the first one, but I saw it clearly in the second time. During one of the dream sequences, when Bruce is in the grave tomb and he's looking at his mom's grave, he's like putting flowers in. Yeah. Man Bat jumps at him. Oh, wow. It's just really quick. Like, Man Bat, like, Rah! and then he wakes up from the dream. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was the one where that scared the crap out of me. Yeah, that was Man Bat that jumped out at him. I just thought it was a bat. Also, you ready for the Star Wars tie-in? There was what? a Star Wars tie-in. No, no, this is no, this is um, DC. This isn't Marvel. Well, there's a Star Wars tie-in. If you remember when they were filming this movie, J.J. Abrams and Zack Snyder were having a little fun with crossover stuff. Like yeah. there was, uh, the Batmobile got stolen, and then you see Gotham police officers arresting like a stormtrooper, and they're like, <laughs> "We caught him." And there was a cup. There's there's some like goofy tie-ins between the two yeah. filmmakers. Well. The tie-in to um, Star Wars in this movie was Lex Luthor's jumpsuit. It had TK-421, which, by the way, is the name of the stormtrooper in A New Hope, whose suit got stolen by Han Solo. I did not know that. Stormtrooper TK-421. That is awesome. How about that for some Easter eggs? Easter eggs on the day before Easter. Well, that'll do it for Batman versus Superman coming soon on the Hillcrest Duo. We are going to... We are, I promise, we are going to watch Punisher Season 2, or Daredevil Season 2 against the Punisher. We're going to watch that, and we're going to talk about that in the next few weeks. We're also going to get caught up on all of our TV shows. It sounds like Negan's about to come in on The Walking Dead. We got to get caught up on that. We got to get caught up on Gotham, which has been pretty awesome. Flash and Arrow are back. Supergirl's in full swing. We got a lot of shows to catch up on. Monday, World's Finest on Supergirl. Flash meets Supergirl. Oh, yeah. Next week, we are going to cover a lot of TV and uh, and more. This has been the Hillcrest Duo today, March 26, 2016. I am Metal John at Metal John Radio. I am Brad Risto at Outsider Brad. Thanks for tuning in.